time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. And now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you joining us on this holiday podcast. It feels like a holiday. We're all working. Most of us are working. And we're just thrilled to have you here joining us. Again, it is July 3rd. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals. And we're so grateful to have you as our listener. Our commitment is to bring you timely information. And we've got a lot of it today. Timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. I went back and listened to some of my own podcasts over the weekend and I go, dear God, I do talk fast. I think it's a result of listening to so many podcasts and listening to audible books at 150%. So it's usually 120 to 150%. I think it just causes you to, it just speeds things up in your own brain. So I seem to talk normal here, but maybe I should slow it down. Anyway, we appreciate it all the feedback and we do get so much feedback on our podcast and people say they love the energy. They love the information and we're just so grateful to have you say, so anyway, we got some exciting things to talk about, but I want to start off by talking about our sponsors and we have a new one officially starting today. Byte software has become a sponsor. I'm really excited about this company. We have a enterprise. They are an enterprise powerful LOS system that delivers total control over your loan process and gives you the freedom to do the business the way you want to. The best part about Byte, it's one of the most affordable. But just because it's one of the more affordable ones does not mean that it is not operated at the enterprise class and enterprise level. So many people are focusing in on costs. And our technology, folks, has gotten so crazy expensive. And especially the LO platforms that are out there. The number one platform, how much more are they charging than they used to way back when? Well, Byte Software is still the most affordable, one of the most robust software LOS systems, enterprise class LOS systems that you can have in the market. So welcome, Byte Software, for being here as our latest sponsor. So excited about it. Also, Candor, Tom Showalter and our friends there did a great job. Ed Cornet is, uh, we did the interview with him on May 26th. You want to definitely go and get, listen to that podcast. We're going to be having some folks on from Byte here in the next few weeks. Looking forward to the end of that interview. But Candor did a great job on their interview talking about where they see going. They're talking also about Candor Plus. And you need to learn about what Candor Plus can do. Again, the whole process, Candor is the only automated, automated underwriting system to earn a patent for its unique tech solutions. Candor, in fact, in the underwriting area, at least, and Candor has also optimized the loan delivery workflows uh, so operations can right size for the last time. Also, we have the number one fintech company in the world. We're talking about Finastra. So grateful for them. Um, I just agreed to speak at three of their upcoming events. Very exciting about what they're doing in the marketplace. Again, one of those things, number one, but they're not the noisiest. That's the thing I respect about successful people. I respect this about wealthy people and successful people. They're those that are quiet about it rather than something and saying we're the best and we're this and we're that. The Nasher is one is the in the world. 
but you don't hear them making noise about it. They just show up with thought leadership and show up and show up. So pay attention to Finastra, folks. It is one of those seamless platforms that will help you through the entire housing, uh, the lending process, and help you connect with your consumers in a very effective way. And uh, do so in a seamless manner, regardless of what the platform you want to, they, your customer wants to use. Another company, one of our sponsors, Total Expert, which just came back from the Accelerate 2023 conference a few weeks back in San Diego. This conference is a must-attend conference for everybody because this is a must-have technology. We talk about technology being good. But we talk, and we talk about leadership being good, but it's the vision. And we had an interview with Joe Wellu that was, gives you insight to the leadership, what they're about. We recorded that and released that. Well, we recorded it before this, but we released it on May, excuse me, March 15th. Go check out the interview with Joe Wellu. Great interview. Wonderful content. Also, David Bolin, our friends over there at Simple Nexus, also known as Encino, doing a great job. Pay attention to the interview we did. Listen to the interview if you haven't already done so on March 8th with Andrea Lightfoot. Also grateful to have the Mortgage Bankers Association as a sponsor, Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative. Both these co-ops are great ways for you to get up close and more personal and with those in your same peer size group. They really work on both these organizations, these co-ops. They're both co-ops. They both work on getting you in networking with your peers that are of the same like size and um, value and I think in these kind of challenging terms, it's so like so good to talk to someone your like size and uh, and dealing with their solutions are different than what a big company has or a really small company has. So get signed up for the Mortgage Collaborative, TMC, or Lenders One. Also Knowledge Coop, great LMS learning management system. Also then we have Mobility MMI and Modex. I love these two companies. These two companies do such a great job of helping get real facts on our loan officers. So important. Also, mortgage advisory tools. So excited about upcoming podcasts. We're releasing the one uh, where the one we released last week was on June 28th with Phil Treadwell of the M1 Academy. The topic again was what the uncommon have in common. It was a really good interview, and folks, you've got to pay attention. Mark was, uh, did that one with me, and it was good. Also, this week, July 5th, we've got David Hopper of Leader One Financial coming on, talking about the mortgage industry culture and the mindset in the present market that they're having. David is just a phenomenal leader, and I wanted to share his leadership style. We're also, we just hung up talking to Bill Cosgrove. He's one of the up-and-coming ones. We're going to be recording that next week and releasing it soon. Alice and Mark will be joining me on that interview. I have so much respect for Bill Cosgrove as a human, as a business owner, and as executive. He's just the way he runs his business. It's just such a great story, and I'm so honored to be in a great friendship with Bill and as well as a business relationship. We're very excited to be working with him and having him on the podcast. You're not going to want to miss some of our lineup of who we have coming up. Also check our website, Ben Dela Cruz, who's working with me on the podcast is keeping everyone updated on the podcast website on who's upcoming, who our upcoming guests are. Special shout out goes to our regulars, Adam DeSantis, Les Parker, Matt Graham, who's not here with us today. Unfortunately, unfortunately, miss you, Matt. Hope you have a great 4th of July. David Kittle's on vacation this week. Alice is here, and so is Alan Pollock and Mark Helm. Mark, good to have you here. Appreciate you being here, Ben. Glad to be here, sir. 
You bet. And Alice, thank you so much. It was so much fun talking to, to Bill Cosgrove and your boss and uh, someone we both in our industry looks up to so much. So I'm really looking forward to recording that interview, Alice. That'll be so much fun. Should be good. It will. And a wide variety. I love that, that, that his ability to talk about the successes at Union Home and willingness to share with folks, you know, some of the uh, challenges that we have overcome and how we do that. And then also just the industry as a whole and the need to really, really yeah. wake up to the needs for the housing demand. Yeah. Talking, we're going to be, that's uh, the two topics we're talking about with Bill would be, you know, understanding what's made them successful. I think anytime you, you want, if you want to do, you want to be successful, do what successful people do. Bill has certainly been successful. He and Alan, the whole team there, which Alice is a part of and where he is, lends us Alice each, every week. So we're so grateful to have Alice on here as well. And then of course, Alan's dialed in. Alan, looking forward to your tech update, bud. So get into that in just a little bit here, but I'm sure you got a few jokes in there as well. <laughs> Never comes without that good joke. Anyway, one of the things, headlines, let's talk a little bit about headlines. Alice and I are going to talk about this a little bit later in the hot topic, but I'm sure many of you saw the movement mortgage to pay $23.7 million to resolve. Here's the key word, allegations. It caused against the submission of false claims to the government. Allegations. That means it's not proven. It's not proven. I'll tell you, this is something we all need to pay attention to. Because when you have a federal government, a DOJ, specifically HUD, this, Jamie Dimon got this one right. He says, I'm getting out of this FHA business. Because they can just come up with, I want to say some words, but we'd have to explain it out here. They can come up with some stuff that, quite frankly, is an allegation. And they, if you don't just kind of bow out and just pay whatever they suggest, you're, they're going to get a deeper fine, and then it gets much bigger, much bigger. It is especially false claims. So I want Alice to talk about that a little bit later in the, when she gets into her segment, because the false claims is something, certainly no one is advocating doing false claims. Movement Mortgage did not admit to doing anything wrong, and I know this company. I know their conscientiousness on this. And so uh, it's, I, I don't want to get in trouble with, by going any further than that, but let me tell you, that is something we all need to pay attention to. I know Movement Mortgage. I know how hard they work to do what's right. Casey issued a statement on this. I tried talking to him over the weekend about all this stuff. It's just, this is wrong. This is our federal government going wrong. This is why I'm looking forward to Cosgrove coming on and talking about what we need to be doing to turn our housing finance system around. Not our housing finance system, but our whole housing market. Anyway, enough on that. I like it thump on that one. That's what Kittle and I do when we get on our call. By the way, I had a great, I let, I had got a chance to have dinner with Melissa uh, Langford, uh, who is the new president chief operating officer for TMC. Man, that was a fun dinner. I, I, I tell you, she, we've got an interview. I'm recording an interview with her, I think also next week, and uh, it will be released that one. So you're going to really enjoy that interview. There's some wonderful leadership, up and coming leadership. And Melissa Langford is definitely that. Looking forward to that interview. Got so much stuff, so much content we want to release out to you. But let's get on to the regular stuff that we have going on. So we're going to get out. Oh, one other thing I want to say as a shout out I want to do is Andy Shell, my the prophet doctor, my good friend, someone Alice and I have had on the podcast for years and years and years. Andy is now doctor, and he's a doctor doctor. He's working on a second doctor, but he's doing a special research project. And that, that I posted on LinkedIn. We're also going to put that post in our show notes from this, for this podcast. 
I want to get each one of you to sign up for this. But Andy sent a, a, a brief audio clip about this, uh, this survey that he's doing, this research he's doing. Let's get that played right now. So Andy Shelton, good to have you here with us. Hi, Dave. It was great seeing you for lunch a few weeks ago. Given the Austin traffic, I used my iPhone map to confirm the best route to the restaurant. I received important information from my phone. We process information and deliver information without a second thought as we speak with realtors and borrowers and each other. But maybe sometimes we should give communication a second thought. This is Dr. Andy Shell, PhD, and I'm exploring how we process communicated information as part of an academic research project I'm conducting through Liberty University. The purpose of this study is to understand how branch managers make decisions based on the financial information they receive from the home office. Sometimes we ignore the reports. Sometimes we create our own reports based on funding data. And sometimes we use the corporate numbers. But in every case, we make decisions based on the data we accumulate or sometimes based on how we feel about the market. I'm asking to speak with several mortgage company branch managers one-on-one for 15 minutes in a Teams meeting at a time that we'll schedule. There is no right or wrong answer. All responses are confidential and anonymous. Dave Licken has been kind to repost a LinkedIn announcement about the study. If you'd like to join the study, please send me a LinkedIn message or go to drshell.com. D-O-C-T-O-R-S-C-H-E-L-L.com to send me a note. My many thanks to the Lickin' on Lending audience for your support of this important research effort. Yes, we do support it, Andy. We're excited to hear the results. And Andy has agreed to come on and share the results of this academic research that he's doing, and we'll be having him on once that's all done. It'll be good. Alice, it'll be fun to hear him on the podcast again. I miss him. He is such a good friend, and I am so grateful for many, many years. He's not with that. He's an old business partner of mine. We, we go way, way back. In fact, Alice, it was you and I and Andy and, and Jan Wessel. You guys flew in here. You met with us, and both Andy and I go, what amazing two amazing people, you and, Al, you and uh, Jan. What a joy it was to meet you. Let's get over to the MBA Mortgage Minute and see what Adam DeSantis has for us. And here we go. Adam? Hi, I'm Adam DeSanctis. This is the Mortgage Minute, the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Late last week, MBA led a joint comment letter to FHA in response to its draft mortgagee letter on its proposed payment supplement partial claim. Our comments show agreement with the need for a loss mitigation solution that provides payment relief to FHA's seriously delinquent borrowers in a high interest rate environment. However, we believe the complexity of the proposed partial claim limits its potential effectiveness. Therefore, to ensure the best execution of the PSPC for borrowers and to establish a permanent program, we urge FHA to, one, simplify and clarify the PSPC by creating a three-year level payment term, two, increase the allowable incentive to $3,500, and three, allow servicers to implement the mortgagee letter within 12 months of the publication date. FHA is expected to publish a final rule on this later this summer. That's it for this week. 
Thank you for listening, and have a wonderful 4th of July holiday. Thank you, Adam DeSantis. Thank you, MPA, for all that you're doing here on the Hill and throughout our industry. And leadership is such an important thing. I'm thinking about a conversation Alice and I just had with Bill Cosgrove about this. And, and there's an, we need to continue to upgrade leadership, change leadership. We've got to keep addressing the issues that are going on, especially when you see these, uh, the, the, the movement mortgage um, situation, what developed there. We've got to continue. I mean, I know how hard they are. So anyway, let's get on. <laughs> My car is steering back towards that. But let's get over right now to uh, – uh, just get an update on, from Les Parker on the macro view of the markets. Adam, to say we appreciate you check out and be sure to sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance. The MBA has available. You do not have to be a member of more of the MBA to have your voice heard on the Hill and to participate with the MBA on the initiatives they're working on. Sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance. Sign up. More. M-A-A. More. Mortgage Action Alliance. Sign up for it. We've got another really good. Now, this is an interesting one because Les Parker goes slightly over into the political area with this update, but it does have an impact on economics. So on a macro view of the markets, here's Les Parker. PM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by PowerSeller, making hedging easy. The ink is black, the page is white, the court tells us. To see no race. With the Supreme Court telling universities to value the individual, let's hope the DEI activists see their folly and return to colorblindness, merit, equal opportunity under the law. The court found the University of North Carolina had no viable race-neutral alternatives to its current race-conscious practice. Mortgage lenders lend to anyone, building harmony in the workplace and communities. Meanwhile, industry advocates regulate and investors set up systems that don't serve all borrowers well. Together we throw out the and see the These views are mine. Find Harmony at tmspotlight.com. <laughs> All right, texted the last one. I got that sound by last night. I said, yeah, I got to have to tie that into the market. But he, he raised a good point. He says, you know, the whole DEI... Uh, the initiative that's going on is having an impact on costs and where we're going as an industry. And again, Supreme Court ruling last week was significant. Where does this take us? It starts us on yet another journey. We've got the CFPB coming up. There's a lot of issues lately that have come out of our uh, U.S. Supreme Court. SCOTUS has overturned some things, turned things around. So does that any kind of precursor what we can expect with CFPB? Well, we shall find out, and that's not until this fall, and we probably won't find out until next year. But anyway, Matt Graham is not here, but I do want you to encourage to check out. He's taking the day off and using some taking time. He's, he's got you know, up there in the Pacific Northwest, they call it a farm. I'm at a farm. Now, down here in Texas, we call it a ranch. Now, you may only have two acres, and, and you can say I farm two acres. You can say that. But can you say in, in Texas that two acres is a ranch? I don't think so, but some do. It's just such an interesting thing. I lived up in the Pacific Northwest. I had a farm up there, and Matt does, and I'm so glad he's out there enjoying it. It is a good thing, especially if you look at screens all day. They get out in the wild and look at the markets. We watched everything back up here a little bit as I look at the markets behind me. 
not going to get into any of that, but be sure to sign up for mbslive.net. There's other things I want to get into in the podcast, so I'm not going to go into that, but I want to just stress the importance of getting mbslive.net on your phone, on your iPad, on your desktop. Have it always available. The content that you can use from that to push out important information to your customers, it's really, really critical. A lot of it depends on, you know, how much you know, how much going on. You can't know everything. It's, it's Einstein even says, I don't bother memorizing things that I can look up. And you can look up all the economic data using MBSLive.net. When you do sign up, use the LOL in the sign-up code, and you'll get an extended trial period without a credit card. But I tell everyone each week, go ahead and just sign up. It's so affordable. David Kittle is not here. We wish him a happy 4th of July along with all. I know where he's at. I know what he's doing. So have a great time up there, David. I appreciate you so much as a friend. Ian Bill Cosgrove, uh, just long-term veterans of our industry and have given so much. Both have been uh, chairmen of the uh, of the MBA and have both given a lot. David was in there during a really critical time during the housing crisis. So lot, lot, lot. We're very fortunate to have them all here with us. Here with us also is Alice Alvey. She is CMB, CMB, Vice President of Education, Training, and Union Home Mortgage, and highly valued. Bill was saying that you've been there six years, Alice. It's hard to imagine. I, it seems like just yesterday. Oh, yeah, it's been six years. It does, the time does fly. <laughs> the older <laughs> we get, right? <laughs> so, well, it, it, I mean, um, it seems like just yesterday, and I paid – Bill, the biggest compliment. I said, Bill, I've always admired your success and your recruiting and how you surround yourself with it. But you landed Alice Alvey. Are you kidding me? So anyway, kudos to him and kudos for you. It's worked out for both of you. You've been there for a good amount of time now. It's good. Well, what thank you got you. for us? Yeah, it's a, yeah Go so ahead. a couple things. Uh, you did mention earlier in the show that you wanted to talk about movement mortgage. Uh, in taking a look at this, you know, it's like a lot of these um, – Issues sometimes they either come up when the regulator themselves is in there conducting an audit. In this case, there were two individuals who filed a whistleblower's lawsuit. Um, and mm-hmm. from according to the filing that I was able to catch up on quickly here, it's really just about that they felt that of the claim that they made was that 20% of the mortgages appeared to be not being underwritten according to the agency standards. Basically, you know, uh, younger people didn't know what they were doing. I shouldn't say younger by age. I mean younger by experience in the industry. So minimal experience people uh, looking at uh, the the loans and not meeting the agency requirements. Well, you know, there's always two sides to that. A lot of companies do have people who are newer looking at things, and then they have enough checkpoints along the way to make sure that those loans don't actually end up at FHA. Um, So I do always, you know, say to lenders, regardless of what actually happened, I always like to get lessons learned from any case. And this is a, a reminder that people in your organization have to have the confidence that you are addressing problems. Um, so I have, I'm sure movement had everything in place that they needed. You know, this is just, this could happen to anybody, really. Uh, and so yeah. as a lender, you know, you go back and you go, okay, are all my people involved in the process aware that when we find mistakes, we're going back, we're getting things corrected, we have the processes in place to ensure that loans really are getting corrected um, before they go to the agencies. And so that's, that's really the message I have for this group here that, that applies to all of us because uh, 
all of us, when we get super busy, have to make sure that we still keep those processes buttoned up. And in times right now where there's definitely focus on trying to cut costs, you know, it's a reminder that that's not a place to cut costs. And it looks like they went to loans back to 2008, you know, so that's also a reminder that when these Big agencies error. come in, there, there's no, you know, statute of limitations that goes on. They can look at anything from way back. So, um, and so just a reminder on a few things, a few areas to recheck and button up. Um, so anything that you wanted to add on that day before I, I well, added I my think other I, I think this, I mean, before anyone starts pointing fingers and, I mean, the, Casey is right. an aggressive go out and compete kind of guy. And you go out and have the growth that he has had and done as well as they have. Yeah, you've got some, you've got some haters out there. And so there's, I think what I just caution everybody on, um, a lot of people respect Casey. There's a vast majority of people respect Boba Mortgage and their success, even though they may have lost some loan officers to him or something like that. Overall, there's, they're a highly respected firm. But I think the part that you hit on that I don't want to really just double down on is this could happen to anybody of any size. And you hit on something when you're making cuts in this market, this is an area you do not want to scrimp on. It's unfortunate this came as a result of a whistleblower uh, within, it sounds like within the organization or someone who has, had left. Uh, how we exit people from our companies when we're trimming back, again, don't know any of the circumstances who the whistleblower is. Don't even want to pretend I do. I don't. But Anytime you have this kind of thing, it's so important that how you handle people when you're letting them go so that you don't expose yourself should that then had come from um, layoffs um, that's going on. So, Alice, I think you hit on it well. Uh, let's move on to whatever else you got. Uh, a couple other things. I did want to comment on the student loan debt, the Supreme Court from the student loan debt, you know, holding yeah. our breath that – Somebody wouldn't go crazy to think that's okay to forgive that much debt. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm a mortgage banker, and when someone signed an IOU, I hope the, uh, the whole idea is they pay me back, um, yeah. and not that somehow <laughs> my debt that, that someone owes me uh, somehow either doesn't get dissolved, dissolved, uh, solved, or I, I'm not sure how they were planning on paying for all of that debt. So I think uh, I'm, I'm really uh, I'm happy, grateful for that. Um, decision because the ripple effect into other types of lending uh, could have been something that people started to try. So uh, anyway, the last thing is this Florida Senate Bill 264 that was signed into law. It was signed into law back May 1st, but it went into effect here July 1st, and a lot of lenders are waking up to finding that purchase agreements coming out of Florida now have this new acknowledgement. Uh, some lenders went, whoa, wait a minute, what is this? Uh, is this really, really going to touch mortgage banking? And the answer is absolutely yes. Uh, now, it does say that, you know, there isn't liability that necessarily puts on us as lenders that we're aware of that we've seen within the legislation. But nonetheless, making sure your folks are prepared for, they, will, they may see some extra documentation coming out of Florida. And it'll be really interesting to see, uh, whether this makes its way up to the Supreme Court and gets turned over or not. Uh, so make sure you've checked that out and you're implementing what you need to for uh, the new Florida law that went into effect on the first. And one of the listeners had just texted me said, Dave, how complicated is it getting? Get Alice's perspective on how complicated it is getting with all the different states raising up and we're seeing a lot more aggressive um, business not so fast friendly business legislation in some states 
I'm thinking of California right now is one of the places where I used to, I used to have three mortgage companies out there, and thank God they don't have them there now because it's one of the more litigious kind of states when it comes to this kind of thing. Um, so uh, to our listeners' question, how difficult is it for larger companies like a union home? I know you guys manage it well, work hard at it, but how difficult is it in this day and age where so many states are passing legislation such as this, and, and it can vary so much from state to state? Any thoughts, Alice? Oh, it is absolutely a challenge, and you you need to have a team of people. Uh, there's some states you need specialists in, as uh, as that person was saying, because uh, some states are very complicated and need that much attention. Uh, you know, it's a rotating door with regulators. There's always somebody uh, in in our shop. You know, once you start hitting a certain size, so uh, it is something that you need to dedicate the time and resources to. And it's not just one person. You know, these, a lot of these things are you need legal counsel support. Uh, you yes. definitely need to make sure you have a couple set of eyes on, on all of this. Um, so, yeah, it, expanding into other states. And, and uh, you know, save New York for last, if, unless you're already there and you have a lot of <laughs> yeah. That is another state, yeah. We don't even go to New York. There's California, but then there's New York. And it's in another category all unto itself. Wow. If you're yeah. there and you know it, you know, hats off to you. But uh, anyway, so uh, I, I do think it's a, it is a challenge. And, you know, if you think back to how, how people talk about how many documents are now in a mortgage file, we haven't changed how many documents you need for credit qualified. All those extra documents are for compliance. Uh, compliance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know that uh, we had listened to uh, someone who is the Builders Association, I think it was the president of the Builders Association, Home Builders Association. I think that's right. Uh, Kittle interviewed him at the last TM, one of the TMC meetings. He said that in California, as much as 50 percent, 40 to 50 percent of the cost to build a home is in just regulation in that state. It is insane. Now, the average is somewhere between 30% in most states. It's lower in a few states, but I mean, the cost to do business just to be compliant is driven our costs up throughout our industry, mortgage industry and housing finance, but also just to get a home uh, to the point where someone can sell it and move into it and buy it and we can finance it. It's just, it's really gotten crazy, Alice. So thank you for your segment. That's why what you do each week, Alice, is so important. Legislative update. We appreciate you, and we appreciate Bill and Al and the whole team there at Union Home that let you come on the podcast, give us, give you a hall pass where you can join us here. And thank you, Alice, for so many years of just faithfully reporting on all the important issues. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, you're welcome. Fourth, My pleasure. Happy Fourth of July to you. I look forward to it. Uh, yes. Stay on the podcast because we're going to get Alan's segment, and Alan, and then we're going to have Mark, you, and I, and. Alan, talk about, uh, kind of just go back over all the issues we talked about. But let's get over to Alice. Again, thank you, Alice, for the latest update. Following my notes here, trying to do a better job of a transition. So now we have Alan Pollock with this week weekly tech update. Alan, how are you, friend? I know I was looking good. I got up early this morning because I've got some ideas for some websites, and I started looking at how fast technology can build you a website literally 15 minutes answer these questions and just watch mm-hmm. within a what it's it's crazy and they're really good quality websites so i was thinking about you early this morning i was up awake at five o'clock this morning couldn't get sleep because I'm, I, my mind is spinning on new ideas on how we can serve this market better and how to get out there with that messaging 
and these websites and how quickly you can create them. How our world has changed. My goodness. Yeah, I've tried some of those out, and they're they're interesting, David. They they're generic sites. I think yeah. um, a lot of people rush these things to market. They'll get more compelling over time. But I did find there are some website builders, so some of the bigger platforms that are out there that'll help you write content, that'll auto do a bunch of different things. And I give it a year, and I think we'll be more blown away than we are right now. Yeah. Um, On that, no question. But there's. Yeah, there, there's some interesting stuff. And I've got two AI things to talk about uh, Good. In, in today's segment. Um, yeah, so I have the, the right in front of me the dad joke book. Mm. And I thought I'd, I'd just pull out a random dad joke. Um, so let's see. <laughs> Guy walks into a bar. Two guys walk into a bar. The third one ducks. That one's not that good. Um, I hit my son in the head today with a Diet Coke, but he's okay. It was just a soft drink. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and well, I'll leave you with this one, David. What, what do you call a lonely cheese? Provolone. Provolone. Oh, <laughs> okay. That's bad. All right. So much. Thankfully. Your knowledge of tech is even much, much better than your knowledge of That's tech. Right. You, That's right. I appreciate you trying. So what you got for a tech update, Alan? All right. So let's talk first, AI. AI. Um, today, there, there is a company. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's a company called Typeface. They're an AI-powered content creation startup. Okay? It's a big one. Type, they do all type kinds face. of content. They, yep, called Typeface. T Y P E F. Oh, T Y P E. Okay. Right. Yep. And they just secured a hundred million in funding, and they now have their text-to-video um, AI startup Runway with 141 million in funding. So there is money moving heavily into AI, and there's going to be all kinds of things to invigorate our minds. Typeface is an interesting one. And then the second one is a company called Databricks. They are buying Mosaic ML, right? And ML probably stands for machine learning. So Databricks, all one word, is buying Mosaic ML, and they're helping their companies build their own extremely low-cost chat GPT-like tools for $1.3 billion. $1.3 billion. Yeah. How to become a billionaire. Yeah. 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 So AI maybe that's, maybe is, that's um, what your segment should be called. I'll and, yeah. yeah. I'll try and bring some AI stuff every week. Those are two just quick little ones that were good. Yeah. Uh, in, in addition, let's, let's talk about some stuff going on in the industry. Instead of, you know, today talking about some generic things, I've got so much news. I won't be able to get through all of them, so cut me off when you've had enough. But let me get through a couple. The first one is the title is, and a lot of these came from Rob Crisman's report, by the way. So thank you, Rob. Um, he put out some vendor news, and they were all compelling enough that I wanted to just reference them. Um, the first one, it's titled, It's Like a Zillow and Your Lender Had a Baby with Home Dashboard. So I don't know if you've heard of them yet, David, um, but their loan officers can now deliver property data and live mortgage products to homeowners and home buyers. 
building trust and deepening those relationships. I'm reading that verbatim. And real affinity onboards retail lenders at no cost. So Home Dashboard has real affinity. And they directly engage with loan officers, and you've got client self-registration, live pricing, realtor co-branding, and single sign-on. I mention this just because, one, it was in Rob's report, but two is, is Home Dashboard is a name that not everyone's familiar with. So on the front side of the transaction, that's something really interesting that you can look at and the fact that they're mixing in property data and live mortgage data. Um, there was a report, I was on M Report, and Garth um, had actually mentioned, you know, it was like, what does everyone think coming for 2023? And he had mentioned still top of the funnel is going to be really important. And I think it is as we continue to, to learn how to engage and educate the next home buyers out there. In addition, David, a new point of sale has entered the market called Mortgage Automated Technology, MAT. Um, They've been around a little bit, but I don't think everybody knows who they are, so that's why I say new. Well, they just integrated with one of our radio program uh, partners, Candor, and they've completed their integration of services. Um, They're creating or they've patented – well, I'm sorry, let me back up. Candor's patented – they call it the VUS, the Virtual Underwriting System – Yep. And now they're calling it decisions on demand with what's called the big point of sale. So MAT, Mortgage Automated Technology, has what they call the big point of sale that just integrated with Candor, and they're going to try and revolutionize the mortgage process, right? And all the tech vendors are revolutionizing something. So hats off to all of them. Tavant, get this one, David. Tavant just announced the launch of what they call touchless lending. It's an AI-powered digital lending platform. They're saying it will further solidify itself as the most comprehensive automated underwriting solution available to mortgage lenders by providing coverage for all four major underwriting components. Now, we've always thought of three, right? Credit, collateral, and income. Well, they're now saying asset analysis is their fourth. And they're saying this touchless lending platforms in the final stages will be available at the end of June, which just, just happened, so it should be available now. Um, so very interesting. What is touchless lending? I'd be very curious. AI-powered digital lending platform. More than likely, I'm guessing, David, that it's got some very intuitive ways that it asks questions with data, and it kind of gamifies yeah. the experience. If I had a guess. Let's talk about Doc Magic. You ready? This is what everybody yeah. forgets, and this is what the tech vendors forget about as well. Hats off to Doc Magic. They just announced their ADA compliant mortgage loan document library. That means that the delivery through their portal of all the documents to review, to download, the signature, that entire process is now ADA compliant. I have to be honest with everyone, that's not easy to do. To no. build something and make it reactive on every forum and every website and every browser, and then to also make it ADA compliant and work with the tools that are in the phones. It takes a little bit of work. So hats off to Doc Magic. If you're looking for a doc vendor, this is an unsolicited advertisement for them. That's a really cool thing to know about uh, and take a look at. You can serve, you know, continue to serve all types of borrowers. So please check it out. David, let's talk about, we've talked many times, everybody's fighting for the same person, right? They're all fighting for the same borrower. Upstream, right? Going horizontal, looking at the fintechs out there looking at, you know, banks and credit unions. Well, guess what? Heminos, we all know them, right? They're in the banking world. They're responsible for cloud banking, native cloud open banking systems. They just launched Heminos Digital Mortgage Solution, 
and they're saying that it deploys or employs explainable AI to power its decision engine. So they're enabling lenders, so we're talking about the markets that we don't necessarily all touch and serve as lenders, to make quick and prudent decisions through automation and intuitive workflows. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you've probably heard us talk about the all-in-one workflow, right? That's what bank executives yeah. want. They want a, an omni-channel, single-sided, you know, single-tunnel experience that, you know, you can branch off the different roads, but it, it's all from one experience. Well, that's what they're doing, and they're serving that market. So don't worry about certain LOS systems that are in our industry. The banking technology is where the, open, where the online banking is. It's where transactions occur. Now they can add this AI-driven mortgage origination solution. So – Check it out, Temenos. Everybody knows who they are. How do you spell uh, that? Calling it, by Timonos, the way. T-I-M-N. What's that, David? How, how do you spell Timenos? Yeah, it's T-E-M-E-N-O-S. Hey, and, that's why I all right, except yeah. I was putting I's where there are E's. Okay, good. And I've got one more for you. This is really interesting. I'm just setting right. up a couple extra minutes because, because um, it's a holiday and not all the folks on the program today. Lender Logics, we've talked about them in the past. That's L-E-N-D-E-R-L-O-G-I-X, okay? So they just completed an integration with ICE Mortgage Technology. They're calling it Lightspeed, and it streamlines their mortgage loan application process. But get this. They're guiding the borrower, right? And, and all the point-of-sales do this. They're saying, though, that they're doing it through a singular auto-advancing application questionnaire process and they're doing it with animated icon, iconography and dynamic I, messaging. Uh, interesting. Iconography. And I'm guessing, you know. Is that a, if you that's a new word? I've heard, never heard of that word before, but I get it. Yeah. That's icon. Icon. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you think of TurboTax, right, they, they, they have big squares yeah. and pictures. I'm yep. guessing yep. this is probably similar. Yeah. Um, but they basically then say that once the application is complete, the system will immediately present borrower with customized needs list. So they're doing what everybody else does. They also have their quick call. Their quick call. They've got a fee chaser tool. Uh, they, they're doing pre-approval letters. If you remember, probably about two weeks ago, they had some unique stats about all the pre-approval letters they were doing and the types of borrowers. I, I had mentioned yeah. that. So go check it out. Just Google them, Lender Logix, L-O-G-I-X, and it uh, looks like they have a cool platform as well. Um, however, David, that is all the fun stuff for today. We'll have some extra AI stuff next week. And you, no, either more you or Mark Helm mentioned something last <laughs> week or two weeks prior called analysis paralysis. Do you remember yes. that? Maybe it was yep. Mark, you had mentioned that. Yeah, just keep in mind that it's normal. Everybody gets it, and you've got to get out of it, and you've got to figure out what you're going to execute one piece at a time, nice and slow. Very good. Very good, Alan. All right, Mark get you back in or get you in on all of the things we've talked about. What, uh, what is, I mean, there's so much good content we cover each week and especially specifically on this podcast, your thoughts or reflections. Yeah. I, I was the one that brought up that analysis paralysis and you, you and I were the only two people on the phone that had probably ever used it before, but uh, it, it, it certainly ventures into our everyday work. That's for sure. Uh, a couple things about today. Uh, I think it's very, um, I'm not so sure I want to depend on a, a piece of software to build a website for me, but it certainly would give me an outline of what I want to do and and uh, give me the basics for it, I think. But I don't know if I'd want it to do the start to finish without me. Uh, I'm always wanting to customize some things, so you got to have some software that allows you to customize, and I'm assuming it does. 
But relative to the, uh, going back to the conversation Alice had about the claims and all, um, like I told you before the start of the call, I can talk firsthand to that. But it here's the problem with our government situation on that. You have a bunch of people that work for companies. I'm not sure I really believe in the whistleblower concept. Uh, I know this. Y'all might not know this, but those whistleblowers get from 10 to 20 percent of what the government recovers on those things. It's kind of ridiculous. So some some people become millionaires by reporting something that they were actually part of the process. I was time. not aware of that. Yeah, so, they got, the two people on this case got $4 million. Yeah, yeah it wow. doesn't surprise me at all. So so here's here's the problem. If, if the whistleblowers have been part of the process and never reported up to their managers what was going wrong and what needed to be fixed, I do not think whistleblowers ought to be rewarded at all because they were part of the process. That's a pet peeve I have about it, and unfortunately that happens sometimes that way where they do get rewarded. And the second thing is the government brings, especially with the IG and all, they bring such power and clout that to fight one of these these claims by the government, it's going to cost you millions of dollars in attorney's fees and take two or three years to do it, and some people just settle it to get behind them. But... I'd be damned if I was running a mortgage company, if I would settle up uh, a very large one at all anymore based on my experience because I've watched the favoritism of the government. I think I mentioned to you that two major mortgage banks, when we were in business doing reverse mortgage servicing, got by without had, – had the two biggest portfolios and two of the biggest sets of problems out there, and the government never went after them for anything. But they went after all the mid-sized and small guys. You know, I'd like to go back. I actually looked at one of those portfolios to buy it. I wish I could go right now and be a whistleblower on that, and I could collect what I'd get because I'd make about $8 million on it. You know, so mm-hmm. that's the problem with the system. The system doesn't work well, and it's not fair to all concerned. So you got two companies can get for the same size claim. One can fight it and get it negotiated down to 3 or $4 million from 20 some million million, and another one ends up paying the whole deal because they don't want to spend the time and effort, and they're no more guilty than the one that got off paying $4 million. It's not a fair system. It's not an equitable system. It's not a well-run system. It's one of the biggest flaws we have in the FHA program, and they talk, call everything a false claim when essentially – the, the the thing that we just talked about is a false claim because if you didn't properly write it, you did uh, underwrite it, you didn't have really insurance. If you're making a claim you don't deserve, the things we work, uh, worked on on the reverse system that made it very difficult to deal with was the fact that um, you know really was terrible was the fact that uh, you got some kind of all these time frames you got to miss are a good bit different on a reverse mortgage than a forward mortgage, and every time you miss one, they zap your from that point forward, they zap all the debenture interest you're going to get paid, you settle it out. And a reverse mortgage is a loan. If a loan's in default, you have to sell that loan as an REO yourself. The government doesn't sell it. So you could take, you know, 18 months to foreclose and another six to nine months to sell something, and all that time, you're not getting the debenture interest on the claim while you're managing it. So the losses on those can run up to be, and just on the claim loss, can run up to be twenty to $30,000 a loan. The system's just not built right. It's a lot of work, and the FHA needs to uh, point some resources on it and work on it. And if anybody I know gets elected this next time, uh, I'm going to be all over him like a wet suit talking about uh, the problems that FHA has and the work it needs to do to get it squared away. 
Good. Well, I'm looking forward to you to join in on the interview. And here's the point I got, David. What, yeah. At 73 years old, what do I have to lose to do that? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, definitely be talking about that and a lot more with Bill Cosgrove when we interview him here next week. Bill, I mean, I'm looking forward to that, Mark. Thank you so much. Alice, as you look at all the things we've talked about here, um, any thoughts or reflections? Yeah, Mark, you got me all fired up on that topic. So <laughs> let me know when you're going to war with that. I'll be right there with you because yeah. and you other piece, uh, that I would just add to it. It's a lack of transparency on the process. You know, as you said, it's so completely different for each entity, each agency, origination, servicing, and, uh, yeah. Uh, I, so that's, that's my gotta, add here at the end, Dave. Yeah, you can, you can add. That's a really good add. I think it goes to the point where leaders in the industry like Jamie Dimon said, you know what, nuts. I mean, we're a big, big company. We'd be paying lots of money if we stayed involved in that game. So I understand it. decisions on that. Alan, final thoughts as we head out the door here? Well, one is I'm shocked that these whistleblowers make that kind of money. That's just insane. I know. I did not um, And I agree with all the comments you guys made. It's funny. Everybody always has got to be something in it for them, right? People don't do it out of the kindness of their heart. <laughs> or they shouldn't have made the complaint. Or malicious, yeah. Because they want the money. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, malicious, exactly. No, um, nothing extra to add. Great content. And I, and I just, you know, as a reminder – um, these, these AI tools are getting smarter and smarter. And, uh, Mark, yes, you can completely customize what it generates. But the tricky part is it's not generating into, like, a template that you can go, you know, advance or put into another system. So you, you then need a coder. So there's more to come for these things. They're, they're good for you got to get a quick, you know, uh, a quick one-pager up so that, you know, people don't go into a dead URL. They're good for those kind of things. Just for right now, they'll expand over time. Yeah. 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 Pay attention to them. Thank you so much, everybody, for being here. I hope you all have a great 4th of July to our regulars. Alice, uh, again, Andy Shell, thanks for joining us through that recording. Look forward to have you. Be sure to go sign and check out the LinkedIn post that I reposted or go to our website here, Looking on Letty, uh, to support Andy and his research. Also, uh, thank you, Alan and Mark, for being here each and every week. Every one of you, have a great 4th of July. Our listeners appreciate you. Share this podcast with others, and we're grateful to have you here with us. Have a great week, and again, happy 4th of July. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.